calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Sarah Michelle Gallagher, Buffy the stand together an academic pop culture symposium so true we are the pop culture professors smart people dumb topics i'm lauren brickman i'm caitlin bitsagai and somehow we both made it through master's programs <laughs> and then ended up teaching at the collegiate level it is it's an odd tale it's a tale as old as time <laughs> that's true that part's absolutely true but unclear why. Uh, and we're talking about standing. We've mm -hmm. used this formal education to, to launch a show on standing. Lauren, what is standing? Standing is being an obsessive fan of someone or something, you know. Um, once again, we are really pushing the limits of what standing can be, <laughs> should be, is. Caitlin, what are you standing this week? What are you obsessing over? Okay. Well, you know, uh, former guest and our friends, Rekha Shunker mm -hmm. and Jordan Myrick have a, a live stream every week. It actually raises money for charity and it's mm -hmm. called Talk Chef where they watch an antique episode of Top Chef and discuss it. And mm -hmm. I was asked to be on. What a delight. And they asked me to watch season five, episode two. Mm. So I said, I'm going to be a good student and also, you know, watch episode one. Know what I'm talking about here. It's only mm -hmm, two mm -hmm. episodes. That's not much of a commitment. But you see what they did to me. You see where this is going. Yeah. This is, I'm obviously watched a lot more episodes of mm -hmm. season five of Top Chef, which is from the year 2008. Mm -hmm. It feels like they set me up. Feels like they yeah. work for Big Hulu. Yeah, they yeah. did the streams. And while I'm appreciative to be on their show, I also feel like I should be compensated mm -hmm. for lost time. Lost. time. Yeah. 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 But it is the season with Carla Hall. So it's like, 
I can't complain. You can't you stop. Know? No. Yeah. Now that you're you're this far in, you just got to keep going. And it's sponsored by Diet Dr. Pepper. I mean, who likes Diet Dr. Pepper more than me? No one. No one. You are Diet Literally Dr. Pepper. no one. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a, a skin film around Diet Dr. Pepper. That's true. Well, Lauren, what are you pushing the boundaries of standing with this week? Well, you know, uh, Caitlin, as I was telling you before we started recording tonight, I've been having a real serious bout of insomnia lately. I've been in this really bad habit of going to bed much earlier than usual. Like, I'm telling you, I'm falling asleep 9, 9.30 p.m., but then waking up at like 1.30, 2 a.m., oh, and being awake for literally hours in the middle of the night. And... I found myself scrolling mindlessly on TikTok, as one does, uh, mm -hmm. you know, especially one who's newer to the One Direction fandom, and just losing myself in Niall and Harry, as one is uh, wont to do. And I said, enough. I have to stop opening TikTok in the middle of the night, because it's not helping me go back to sleep. Right. So instead, I've been getting really into Tetris the last couple of nights. Nice. And it's not necessarily helping me get to bed quicker, but I do feel calmer playing Tetris mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. scrolling through one detox. So what are we talking on your phone here? Oh yeah, or? I'm playing on my phone. I'm playing on nice. my phone. I'm playing marathon. For some reason, <laughs> it keeps telling me what my score is in Jersey City. So I must have downloaded it when I was hanging out with you, I wonder. I don't okay, know. Okay, well, now I have my questions because yeah. mm -hmm. listeners mm -hmm. know that I do have a theory that Lauren Brickman sneaks into my apartment <laughs> and could be here right now. It's interesting that you're just already trying to cover your tracks yeah, of, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. a weird thing happened. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was confused. I was a little sleep deprived last night. And when it told me my ranking in Jersey City, once again, I thought, am I, am I living in Caitlin's closet? Like, I wasn't sure for a second. Oh, my God. I'm looking over right now. So, it's a jar. It's a little ajar. Please let me know if you find me in your house, because yeah. I'm confused why. Just keep Tetris. playing Tetris and being yeah. safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm standing Tetris. I'm standing video game. That's that's my stand of the week. Tetris. Blocks that you fit together. <laughs> Classic for a reason. We love that L. <laughs> that's the best one. You know? The L, you would think I'd love it a little bit more being as I am an a Lauren, but right. overexposed. You know, sometimes it doesn't do me right. Sometimes I feel like that L is really doing me dirty. You know, cube is a gift, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I know the stand stands well, are thrilled hey, to hear this. Our social for the <laughs> ranking of the shapes. <laughs> we'll be bringing out one each day this week. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I can't wait to confuse our 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 stand stands that mostly just follow us on Instagram and don't necessarily tune into the show. They're going to see a real hard right on our social media. That's <laughs> what they deserve. Tune into the show. Tune into the show. All right. Uh, well, but that's not what we're really here to talk about today. No, not at all. And we're not here just to talk to each other. That would be the worst. <laughs> you can see what we would get into nothing <laughs> yeah so we have a wonderful guest yeah please welcome lana schwartz author of build your own romantic comedy hi thank you so much for having me thank of you course. so much for being here we're so excited you know the leaves are changing the seasons have turned and it's autumn baby and we thought what better time to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart romance than right now so we're falling <laughs> into love we're talking romance in cinema in autumn romance in autumn romance in autumn baby and you know we always like to put our listeners at ease and let them know what our credentials are so this week i'm feeling pretty pumped uh about my absolutely bonkers and completely chaotic credential for this but um my nickname in high school was beamish now, this has nothing to do with the fun fact I'm about to share it with you, but in preparing for today's episode, I realized that the character Wendy in the iconic film St. Elmo's Fire, her last name is Beamish, Wendy Beamish. So that's my connection. My nickname happened to be Beamish in high school, which is a connection to a bedrock of autumnal cinema, St. Elmo's Fire. Now, so. where did your nickname come from? <laughs> Did you think you were just gonna just blow past that? <laughs> to be totally honest, I think it came from I had been in 
Scotland and Beamish was like the name of a beer. I don't drink beer, mm-hmm. but really it was just my friends. <laughs> okay. My friends and I were all looking for bean nicknames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were we were the brownies. We were obsessed with this local band, and so we all needed to be named. There was Bubble right, Brownie, right, Blow right. Brownie, Bimbo Brownie, Bitchy Brownie, and somehow I ended up being Beamish. But I'm now retroactively going to claim it's because I was the Saint Elmo's Fire Stand. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin, what was your credential for talking about falling into love? You know, mine's less pop culture oriented mm. than ever. Um, because truly, I, you know, so many of my credits are dumb gigs that I've done. And I don't think I've done a lot of gigs that are romantic in nature. Mm. That is not what producers are looking <laughs> at Caitlin Bitsagai for. Mm. However, perhaps they should be because I am a real life married person. And I did get married in October, as do a lot of people. October mm. weddings, very common. Interesting. Interesting. Now, obviously, you've got a huge credit being the author of a book all about romantic comedies. But what led you to authoring Build Your Own Romantic Comedy? Wow. I guess I've so I've always loved rom coms. Mm-hmm. Um, rom coms are really a mainstay in my household. Mm-hmm. I have an older sister and obviously uh, grew up with my mom and my dad. And because like we were, I consider us like very much like a girl family, you know, two daughters and my mom. So, you know, I feel like very influenced by all kind of female type, you know, Mm -hmm. classically female, I should say classically like cisgender female things. So watching a lot of rom-coms, a lot of like, and you know, obviously the Nora Ephron rom-coms, but while you were sleeping, big, mainstay Mm -hmm. in my house as well just really being influenced by that and then you know um buffy the vampire slayer all this all the wb teen dramas you know so that was on repeat in my household that and law and order Mm. are like (laughs) two things that i feel like were are really consequential to my childhood i love that and so when you think about romance and fall like falling into fall Falling in love and fall. What are, are there any particular romantic comedies that just jump out right off the gate? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, I will say, obviously, when Harry met Sally. Yeah. You've got mail. You know, I do Mm -hmm. think uh, of those as fall rom-coms, although they do cycle through the seasons, but I Mm -hmm. feel like they do fall so well. I also sort of think of um, the movie Teen Witch, which is <laughs> a movie I love. Um, oh, I was thinking of Teen Witch. Yeah. So I, I, I too think about Teen Witch all the time. And I do feel like that has fall vibes. Like yeah, absolutely. Like foliage. Also, um, big. Fi- it's not exactly a rom-com, mm-hmm. more of a coming of age story, but mermaids. Oh, big yeah. Big mermaids growing love. up. And that also, I think, because they're in like New England, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. like more remote and i feel like uh the, there's like beautiful scenery yeah and i feel like that is another movie i think of when it comes to fall i love it i love it it's so interesting like when when caitlin and i first were talking about doing this theme episode i was like oh yeah this is going to be so easy so many romantic comedies take place in the fall and then when we really started to dig into it i was like that's a lie i've told myself i think like (laughs) not as many of them take place in the fall as i thought it's a real lane like it's a very specific energy that these fall romantic Mm -hmm. comedies and even just like broadening it beyond comedy to like fall romance and the first word that comes to my mind when i when i started looking at these was like yo cinema like romance in the fall is Mm -hmm. so basic right like (laughs) We are really leaning into that pumpkin spice latte stereotype here in this corner right. of cinema history. Yes, yes. Yeah. And on that note, they are a bit white. Yeah. There's yeah. not a ton of racial diversity in these movies. And I was thinking about, I had one a theory a little bit about why beyond just the overall mm-hmm. systemic racism of Hollywood, yeah. a more specific part of it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Lana already touched on it with a lot of these movies are cyclical, like th- yeah. they are fall movies, but mm-hmm. fall is just kind of used to anchor like this, uh, like 
time passes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those movies that are like about a sprawling, like, you won't believe how much we changed over these five years are Oscar bait movies. And I think that they are released in like October, November to be late contenders for Oscars, whether they got there or not. That was like half a brain idea someone had. And of course, studios are setting up more white actors Mm. for those noms especially the era we're talking about is a lot of 90s and aughts i I don't know it's just one theory i had looking Mm. at um the type of performances we will see and discuss yeah that's that's really interesting yeah because i do think when i think about some of the more diverse rom-coms i love it's like um, Hitch, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite rom-coms, but that's like a summer movie. Yeah. Cause that's like a summer blockbuster. Yep. Yeah. You know, and like love and basketball, yes. which is like one of my favorite movies. Right. But, and I guess, I guess that doesn't feel like it's also tied to a specific season mm-hmm. necessarily because you are, yeah, you're following these people through a long time of their lives. And like, and I think also a lot of them feel like Christmas movies, like coming to America feels mm-hmm. like a Christmas movie to me. If right. we're going to tie that to a time. Or like specifically the best man holiday. Like yeah, they are yeah, yeah. holiday movies. Yeah. 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 Um, Even when Harry met Sally, which like I do think of in a lot of ways as a fall movie can also easily be called like a new year's Eve movie. Or, like, yeah. Movie. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, and there's just a lot of movies like Goodwill hunting that kind of like <laughs> defies exact genre categorization, but it's just very, and I like mm-hmm. the movie, but it's very like, wow. We sure solved it. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that's really funny to me about that is like, I once was trying to explain to somebody how much I grew up in like a girl household mm-hmm. that I've seen Goodwill Hunting like one time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I've seen these movies, some of them, but like once and I don't care about them like the way, the yeah. way that like a lot of other people might have growing up. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, well, totally and that's fair. one of the things that I kind of like, realized as I was preparing for today that like I think the reason my brain associates like romantic comedies and romance with film and fall is not because of like movies that were released in cinema but because of Hallmark like Mm -hmm. Hallmark loves seasonal films and like they have four seasons there's like autumn Christmas winter spring And then, like, Christmas in July. Like, those yes. are the seasons. And, like, mm-hmm. I love that for them. Yeah. Spring? I feel like you have to come back when you do a spring episode, too. Because mm-hmm. that's obviously, like, the other one that's, like, a strange it's, gray it's area. All, spring, though, I feel like I was finding a lot more examples of spring. Mm-hmm. Because spring mm-hmm. rhymes with ring, you know? Oh, Done true. and done. And then it's it's written. I wonder. I think I would think of, like, definitely maybe as a spring rom-com mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why though, but I do. For sure. I that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's obvious that you have so much knowledge that you're bringing into today's episode. I think it's Thank only you. fair Thank that you. we put it to the test. And you know, we've already you've already brought up one of I I think the most beloved romantic comedies of all time. And certainly when I was doing research for today's episode, there are so many listicles that name this movie as like the number one Mm. fall rewatch movie. And that's when Harry met Sally. Mm. And so as a woman on the edge of sanity, (laughs) I have created a game today called when Harry met dot, 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 because As you've already heard today, (laughs) I'm falling deeper into my obsession with Harry Styles. And so (laughs) I had to find a way to shoehorn him into this uh, episode. You know, there's recently been the revelation that Harry's joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. And so this feels like my moment. I have to bring this up. We have to speak up. We have to speak out about how he must make room in his schedule to give us what we need, which is romance. We have to speak up. We have to speak up and we have to speak out about it. And so I'm going to help him out. And instead of wasting time on an original screenplay, I picked <laughs> five romantic comedies or mm. romances that I, they're not all comedies. It's a combination of rom-coms and just pure romance. Um, but mm. I've got five that I think are prime for a reboot starring Harry Styles. And I want you to give us his new leading lady. You're going to cast his leading lady and tell us why. 
Are you ready okay. for the challenge of of casting Harry Styles' partner in crime? Partner in love, I should say. I think so. I think. I think you are. All right, here we go. Here's here's your first one. Now, this movie was mentioned on a lot of listicles, but a lot of people seem to not like it, so it feels like it should be redone. And this is a film that originally starred Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock, and I'm talking about The Lake House. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who should Harry Styles wow. star opposite of in a reboot of not-so-beloved but mm-hmm. often talked about The Lake mm-hmm. House? Never forgotten. Okay. I will say I did see that movie mm-hmm. um, I, when I was a counselor at Sleepaway Camp. Oh, we love and, it. And if I am, yeah, if I am remembering it correctly, <sighs> I feel like it has to be somebody who has like spookier or maybe like more ethereal vibes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and I will say like, Whoa. you know, Sandra Bullock, Keanu Reeves, I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep with like the original spirit of the casting. So somebody like age appropriate or okay. around that age, I'm going to, I, can I do two options? Wow. I love this. Yes. Let's talk I'm going to say Kiernan Shipka or Hallie Steinfeld. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I see both of those energies. Yeah, I think that's fun. All right, greenlit, yeah, greenlit. Great. Green <laughs> All right, the next one is a little bit of an older film. Mm-hmm. We're talking, like, I think it came out in the 70s sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the iconic film Love Story, which originally oh starred God. Ryan Oof. O'Neal and mm-hmm. Ally McGraw. I'm saying, let's throw Harry into the Ryan O'Neal role. Yeah. But who's taken over Ally's part? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I have, oh, you know, I have it. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think I am going to say Olivia Rodrigo. Wow. Oh yeah. my God. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Mm-hmm. This is, wow. Okay. I, I buy her as somebody very, um, like, wayfish mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. uh, falling into their disease, which is really sad. <laughs> yeah. Today, but mo- that's what I feel like a lot of that movie is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I could see her do, need it. If she needs to, I could see her doing that. That's incredible. Totally. And I can see her yeah. being close to her dad. And that's a big part of that movie, yes. too. And wow. we, we, yes. she'll sell that. Okay. Yeah. Now, this next movie, I had not previously considered necessarily a fall movie, but the internet told me I was wrong. Um, <laughs> according to the internet, this Josh Lucas and Reese Witherspoon star vehicle, Sweet Home Alabama, is a fall favorite. Yeah. Now... Interesting. We're really shaking things up here. Josh Lucas plays a homegrown Southern boy, but I'm saying Harry Styles needs a chance at this part. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Southern. It's taking place in the South again. Just if I may ask well, the question. I, I'm going to leave that up to our casting director. Okay, okay. Um, she's also getting a producing credit. So <laughs> yeah, I'm honored. Thank you so much. You let me know. Is this is is Harry, you know, playing mm-hmm. a character? Is he is it Sweet Home Alabama and and he's an Alabama boy or is it Sweet Home Alabama and I don't know what the adaptation I don't it know could what be the, Sweet Home Yeah is it England. actually is it Sweet Home Britain is it Sweet Home Britain I, Yeah I have no idea where in England or the United Kingdom um Harry is from Absolutely no But idea. I would say yeah like it would be very fun to see this um outside England like mm-hmm. somebody who is from like a bad bad part of London or what mm. have you. And then they come to New York and they're ashamed. And then like, you know, <sighs> they had that like thick British accent, but it's like that horrible thick British accent. No sure. offense yeah. to yeah. No yeah. Offense British people. Much love. The person I did want to say mm-hmm. before. Yeah. No, <laughs> they are not British at all, okay. but I think it would be fun in the Reese part is Kiki Palmer. <gasps> yeah. That being said, if we're doing the British thing, it would have, I don't know her name, but it's the girl from um, the end of the fucking world. Whose name I do not know, but she has that really thick accent. Wait, I literally have chills right now thinking about Kiki Palmer and Harry Styles being on screen (laughs) together. Um, I think it would be so fun to watch her play like a Reese Witherspoon role. Yeah. Where she's like kind of spunky, but also obviously has a good heart and everything. Yeah. And like, Oh my God. I literally have chills. This is so good. I'm going to be writing it. You will see a new fan fiction dropping by me, uh, inspired by, <laughs> I know he's happily with Olivia Wilde, but now what I want to happen is for Kiki and Harry to shoot this movie and then fall in love for real. That'd be, so, that'd be very fun. I would, I would love that as We'd well. We'd all have fun. This is an aside a little bit, but did you see that like 
when she was doing um, the Met Gala, like the yeah. interviewing and Timothy Chalamet was like, we met when we were 17. Um, a hundred percent. I watched that there. I watched that TikTok on a loop for like 30 minutes. Like I could not stop watching it. Yeah. And it's like, he's clearly trying to talk to her and they're like on camera. <laughs> it was such a beautiful moment. She handled yeah. it like a champ. I, I think Kiki Palmer I just think the world of her. She's one of those people. Yeah. I know she doesn't, she doesn't need me to root for her. She's got mm-hmm. everything going for her. Yeah. But I feel like she gives me the energy of like, I feel like a proud aunt whenever I mm-hmm. see her doing well. I, I just love her so much. And I just mm-hmm. want all of, all of the good things to happen for Kiki yes. Palmer. Yeah. There's yeah, something she's... about her. I just like, yeah. Oh, and the idea of her falling in love with Harry Styles, this is going to, this is going to keep me up tonight. This is what I'll be thinking about at two in the morning. All right. We have two left. We have two left. That was so good, but we have two more. A film that I am obsessed with, but Mm -hmm. I I think Harry could just bring something special to. This Mm -hmm. is another Sandra Bullock movie, but this time she's opposite. (laughs) This time she's opposite Aiden Quinn, and I'm talking practical magic, baby. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So casting the Sandra Bullock or casting Sandra Bullock again. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to need a second to think about it because I haven't seen Practical Magic in a very long time, Mm -hmm. but I think I would want to cast somebody who fits in like really well with her female co-stars and Mm -hmm. has like good girl, girl gang energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and also somebody uh, who's like young, but like a lot, I feel like, you know, not so, not Olivia Rodrigo. No, because they've got to be, they've got to be believable as having had a couple of children and that it was like a choice that was like healthy and right for them. Best friendship with Nicole Kidman. I mean, that you don't do that very young. You don't enter that lightly. We need someone that has sort of that, you know, that witchy energy. Mm -hmm. Witchy energy. We have to believe that they're casting spells and that the spells Mm -hmm. are powerful. Um, And they also have to be down to earth, right? They're still grounded Mm -hmm. because, you know, she walks into the PTA meetings and the other moms, they don't fear her necessarily, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, until her crazy sister comes back to town. You know, Practical yes. Magic is actually the wildest movie ever written. It's it's such a bizarre journey. I've seen it, but I haven't watched it in such a long time. And you know what? Like, that's on me. Mm-hmm. 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 Great point. But I, I also want somebody who's going to be kind of age appropriate for Harry. Yeah. And not to make it about him. But, you know, I do think that's an important part of this. Not that there's anything wrong with like an older, I mean, as Harry can attest, Mm-hmm. Older woman, younger man. Hmm. Oh, well, now that you put it in me, my head, now I'm like, should it just be Olivia Wilde, though? Should they oh just, my God. Oh, should wow. they just go there? Should this be what they do together for the first time? Yes, the practical magic reboot. You know what? <laughs> and I, you know what? I have it actually, because you reminded me. Yeah. If not Olivia, I think it should be Sersha Ronan. Oh, nice. that's a great one. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. I love her. I think she would be yeah. very fun, mm-hmm. no nonsense, but yeah. also knows how to hang. Yeah. And is comfortable in like a group of women. Yeah. You know, like she doesn't feel like one of those, oh, like uh, I'm a guy's girl. She I feels love that. like right. she feels like right. a girl's girl. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we have one final one because we couldn't play a game called When Harry Met and not ask you. Who should be the Meg Ryan to Harry wow. Styles, Billy Crystal? <laughs> you know who it is? Zendaya. That's who I think. <gasps> wow. Don and Don. Yeah. Zendaya in that role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm excited. I'm, I'm still just. Although now I have to do something. I'm sorry, Harry, but he, Harry might have to get kicked out and it might have to be Timothy Chalamet because Timothy yeah. Chalamet and Zendaya's friendship on this press tour yeah. for Dune is like the most romantic thing I've ever seen. It's, it's They're so just cute. friends, but I love it yeah. so much. I will say Zendaya is definitely like a little, like she's definitely more glamorous mm-hmm. than Sally. Not that Meg Ryan is not like beautiful and mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. incredible, but I feel like uh, Zendaya has this like, glamour within her no matter what she does Mm -hmm. but i still feel like she would be so fun in that role yeah i would love to see zendaya in just a just a sweet romance it would be so fun 
Oh, yeah. I love that. Well, I'm iconic. still not over the phrasing Harry Styles, Billy Crystal. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> that possessive there is like just hanging. Yeah. yeah. I will say I know I truly know nothing about uh, Harry Styles, like I've said. Mm-hmm. But one thing that's been really fun for me is I'm a huge Jenny Lewis fan. And yeah. obviously she's on tour with him mm-hmm. right now. And I, I love her. I have loved her for a very long time. And I know initially a lot of the Gen Z people were like, who is this? Yeah. Why is he bringing her? And I was like, not thrilled about that. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like his audiences have been embracing her. They and have. Way that seems really nice. And yeah. also she leaned into it and she mm-hmm. has this shirt that says, who the F is Jenny Lewis? Oh, and I then I saw that Olivia Wilde was spotted wearing it. And I was like, that's so we love that. funny to like have this nod to like, the woman who's opening for your boyfriend who like, I imagine Olivia Wilde is a big Jenny Lewis fan. If I How could guess. you not be? How could yeah. you not be? Yeah. And mm-hmm. to your point, I did hear several Gen Z kids in the bathroom at the concert oh. talking about how great she was. So they're oh, listening, right. they're liking, that's they're enjoying. Nice. Yeah, that's good to hear. I've honestly, I've just been following it like on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, but you can see that like, a lot of people are there yeah. when she's performing. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not like an, a half-empty stadium. No. So that's really nice. We were dancing. We were thriving. Um, you know what? We're going to take a quick break because I need to call Zendaya and just make sure she's on board Please. for this reboot. Yeah. Um, she, close personal friend of the podcast. So we're just going to mm-hmm. we're gonna call Zendaya really quick, let her know we hooked up this idea, mm-hmm. and we'll be right back. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more. So, fun fact, uh, turns out the phone number I had for Zendaya doesn't work. That's Hmm. surprising. Um, So, unfortunately, since stands, I can't confirm or deny if she's going to go forward with the When Harry Met Sally, but stay tuned. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure she just wrote down one of the wrong numbers. We'll, we'll get this sorted out. But in the meantime, Caitlin, you have a important thesis this week. Thank you. Thank you so much for handing me the baton. So I thought I kind of categorized fall movies into the four S's, mm-hmm. which are scary, sad, sprawling or school. <laughs> And they're all at least one, if not some combination thereof. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about School and specifically a great film, not often thought of for its love, but I want to discuss it now, School of Rock. (laughs) So School of Rock was released on October 3rd, 2003, and it is fantastic and very, very 
good and i like watching it um it starts jack black as dewey i think we all know mistaken mm -hmm. identity then he's uh, a private school teacher who wants to get back to playing rock music mm -hmm. uh, okay so this is not that of a love movie because the, the love story is the b if that probably the c plot uh, mm. He and Joan Cusack have a, a nascent romance, and there's a lot I like about it, even though it's probably not like a love story for our ages. Mm -hmm. She's the principal. She's higher status. But she's never within the conceit of the film like a buffoon. Like, yes, she mm. falls for the Dewey story due to that he's Ned Sheebly, you know, due to some, mm -hmm. some, some kooky things that happen. <laughs> but it's never like... She's so dumb to have like fallen for that or anything. And they really have an attraction based on things that they can't show to other people and haven't admitted to themselves. For principal, it's that, you know, she loves music. She loves Stevie Nicks. And for Ned slash Dewey, it's that he's actually growing into liking teaching, understanding what people get out of it, appreciating himself as this adult in this role. Yeah. And I really like that. It's, it's just very adult and it's one of the most mm -hmm. adult sides of the Dewey character that we see. Uh, and I just think it's really sweet and nice. And something I like about it is it honestly just does not even need to be in the film. Like the film would work completely well without it, but it's like, it's strong enough that it could be added and it doesn't detract. <laughs> and you're not like, I wish those kids were on screen again, even though the kids are coming back and you love the kids. And like, mm -hmm. is it a happily ever after? We don't even know. And it doesn't matter. Like maybe they date for four months. <laughs> that's okay like this love story is like nice okay. it's not as presented to us passionate mm -hmm. um yet but it also makes sense like i hate in movies where it's just like there's a straight love story because one person is a cis male and one is a cis woman and it's like i don't mm. buy it What's, you're just both in the movie N no <laughs> but this i bought and it didn't feel forced and this brings me to something I don't like about the film, one of the worst love stories ever told, uh, which is the couple that exists throughout the film, and that mm. is the real Ned, played by Mike White, and Patty as played by Sarah Silverman. Mm. Sorry, Sarah. You get into your own foibles sometimes, but you didn't yeah. cause this one. It is a classic, shrew character who her only characteristics are being like, you gotta quit music and like you better tell your friend jack black that he sucks <laughs> uh it's not done with a wink at all it's completely mm -hmm. straightforward they mike white as the real ned shebley hates her but like can't do anything about his life then in the musical which i love famously saw four times it actually Strangely, they double down on how bad the Patty character is. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, one of the biggest laughs in the theater is when real Ned tells Patty to shut up. Mm. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then in the curtain call for the musical, Patty, for some reason, has like a rock and roll makeover. Like, I think we're supposed to have understood that at some point off stage, mm. <laughs> she's, uh, you know admitted the error of her ways i don't know but to me i really don't like that love story because it feels like it serves the plot it's not a natural chemistry it's okay to not have perfect couples on camera but like a couple that is just so bad and presented without comment of the film and of course the the badness is basically all the fault of the woman uh having a bad personality uh yeah <laughs> and the nice real ned sheba taking it so i found the film I, I do find its love story charming, mm -hmm. and I think that so often a C-plot love story is so bad and so, like, just shoehorned in. Yeah. But this one really works for me, and of course, the two actors, Joan Cusack and Jack Black, are huge parts of that. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Joan Cusack has never made a mistake. She's considering it. She's actually looking into it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But she hasn't done it yet. Could be fun. And... That's what I, I'm hearing from her people that there's some consideration like she's looking yeah. to like not nail it once. Yeah. And there's considerations even if she can do it, but. Yeah. I've heard she's tried before, but it never, it, she still nails it. Yeah, she tried in Working Girl. And then yeah. she, she, she tried early on in her career and she won an Oscar. So it was yeah. just like, it keeps happening to her mm -hmm. and it's tough, but um, 
Anyway, I guess, do you guys have love stories that you like from movies that are maybe, they're the romance of the movie, but they aren't necessarily romance movies? <sighs> I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm always looking for romance. Like, I, I, I'm hard pressed to think of a film that I've watched and enjoyed where there isn't some romantic <laughs> right. element. That you don't consider it a romance. <laughs> yeah. I guess one example for me, which I would say, like, Legally Blonde, where right. um, it's not a rom-com, like it's kind of dressed up like a rom-com, but isn't a rom-com. But then she does have this like guy who like she likes and is nice to her. Mm -hmm. And then she figures it out on her own. But he's like kind of there for her, too, which is like how it should be. Not that she really needs him to help her that much, but he's there for like moral support. And then at the end, you know, they get together, but it's not about that. Yeah. Right. Right. I guess, I mean, we talked about this uh, franchise on our last episode, but I guess like the Gale Weathers and Dewey plot yeah. in Scream yeah. is one of them. I think that makes sense. Some people might watch those movies and not think that's the A plot, but <laughs> that's not, I think it's as the A plot, but I recognize some people may think it's the C plot. But it's also standed the test of time so mm -hmm. far. Mm -hmm. I was watching something and there is like, I forget what it is. But it's definitely not a romance, but mm -hmm. there are two people who get together at some point and then people would be like, rom-com vibes, rom-com vibes. It's like, no, just because there's like a romantic plot line does not mean this movie was in any way a rom-com. Right. It's very confusing to me. And now I'm going to have to think about <laughs> what it is because it's something that came out recently. And if I remember, I'm going to ask you to please put it in the show notes. I can't wait. <laughs> we I can't wait. Absolutely. We absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We will do updates. You know, I, all of your points were great, but I, I do have to say your categorizing of fall films being spooky, scary, mm -hmm. and school is really going to stay with me, Caitlin. Mm -hmm. And sprawling. And sprawling. But they can be more than... What would be an example of sprawling is that like like the big chill i would call Ooh. that a sprawling movie yes i think a lot of characters well for instance i thought of this because actually and, and to discuss the diversity point waiting for exhale is considered mm -hmm. a fall movie and i did not have time to rewatch the film before this i've seen it and it definitely takes place in arizona which i hey arizonans if you're i know you have a fall but that's not exactly mm -hmm. <laughs> what we think of but that is one where it's like we see these women and each part of their lives develop over like yeah. a couple years. And, you know, Force Whitaker is the director. It's just very emotional. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, oh, like, remember the Titans I would consider yes. to be sad and sprawling. Yes. yes. Definitely and sprawling. And it's even school. Yeah. Wow. No wonder it's on so many lists of great fall favorites. Hmm. It really checks a lot of boxes. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to prepare for next fall your Caitlin Bitsigai's comprehensive list of sprawling school spooky. Yeah. I, I mean we can we can play it live one day, hopefully, mm -hmm. and we'll wow. have people shoot movies mm -hmm. at us and say which one it is. Which box but, is a check? Yeah. Important work. Important work you've uncovered. Thank you. Here today. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, you know, enough about that. I think yeah. it's time to play another game. Um so so much of the fall is, you know, listening to your, your mm -hmm. soundtracks. You, you know, yes. you must get into the music, the aura. Because I'd say for mm -hmm. an autumn movie, it's as important as any. Because it's not just about having one big hit like a summer movie. Mm -hmm. It has to have a mm -hmm. feeling and a vibe. So I pulled out these tracks from five fall movies, fall romances, and Please let me know the name of the movie oh, that they're gosh. from. And you can work through it. Okay. And I think it's hard. I'm going to say I think the quiz is hard. I believe in you. All right, let's see what happens. This is the first one. Is it Garden State? Yes! Okay. Let go from wow. Garden State. Incredible. Absolutely wow. incredible. I, wow. I knew. She's on the board. I knew. I knew. I knew that you were going to crush it with that first one. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, I hope they get... Uh, that was a real... 
that was a reach for me. So we'll see how this goes. All right. Here is song Um, number two. I know it. It's Juno. Yeah. Whoa. Would, sorry. Would you believe that I was on the Wikipedia page for Juno last night? <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely beautiful. I'm like, I don't know how much I should say. This might be too much of a diversion. No. But yes, yeah. that's what I was doing last night. I was on the Wikipedia page for Juno. That is how I spend a lot of my <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like if you're within a 10-year age bracket, that was on so many mixed CDs. Like we were oh, all yeah. putting Cat that on mixed CDs. Come on. Of love. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you're you're crushing, crushing it. it. You're two for Thank two. You. Let's see if you can keep this streak going. Oh, uh, Legally Blonde. Yes, already discussed. This one is interesting because it comes up on all the fall movie lists, and I can see it because the crux of the action takes place in the fall and at Harvard, but it it doesn't feel immediately like a fall movie. Yeah, I wouldn't think of it as a fall movie either, I guess, but except New England, Mm -hmm. and people see New England, and it's like fall New England, when you're never going to be in New England otherwise, I feel... Yeah. <laughs> Never. All right. Well, yeah. you are three for three. You're I mean, absolutely passed. You're, you've already passed. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you're passing this class, but let's see if you pass with honors. Oh, I don't know if I know it. This one is hard. Like, I don't think I hard. would know what movie this was from. But the song does slap. Oh, no one's mad at the song. I'm mad because I would want to say Devil Wears Prada, but I know it's not Devil Wears Prada. It's not, but I get why you're getting those vibes. Yeah. Okay. Could I have a could I have a hint, maybe? Uh Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton? Mm-hmm. Oh, is it something's gotta give? No, no, that era-ish. Oh, oh, um, because I told you so. Because I said so. Because I we said, said so. Yes. so. Yeah. Very fall cast. Like Lauren <laughs> Graham is very fall. Mandy Moore is a brunette is very fall. Mm-hmm. I have seen that movie. I do think about that movie a lot. I can't, I have not wanted to rewatch it because of um yeah. the seventh heaven. The dad. Yeah. yeah. Stephen yeah. Collins ruins a lot it's, of media. It's very low rated. It's one of the most slow-rated movies I've ever seen. And I would fight harder for it if Stephen Collins wasn't in it because other than him being in it, I think it's a pretty fun movie. Like, I think it's... The cast is fun and charming and, you know, the fashion is delightful. I remember seeing that movie and being so glad that guy from That Thing You Do was in it. Tom like, Scott so happy. Yeah. Yeah, so happy. I had obviously the biggest crush on him growing up. Oh, yeah. Like, so happy to see him in something else. And then the other guy she's with, like, Gabriel Mock, mm-hmm. is that his name? Yeah. He's so hot, too. The yeah. Mandy Moore character, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, liked that movie a lot at the time, but have not, like, really revisited. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Well, the soundtrack slaps. All right, you have All right, one, yeah. one last okay. one. Here we go. Okay. No. Okay, I have a wild guess. Okay. Is it simply irresistible? No, no. but I wish. Okay. It's not step up. It's definitely not save the last dance, right? We wish. No. I know. Um God. I don't think I know. And then I'm going to be so mad. It's It's Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, yeah. The mashup of of songs they dance to at the end. Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. 
a movie I saw one time and then never That's again. Plenty. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. So that checks out why I do not know it. Okay. But <laughs> great job. Absolutely I'm going to say four out of five. Thank yeah. You. Really Thank well you. done. Well yeah. done. You know what? Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to throw a parade in your honor and we'll be back after the festivities. Wow, that was the shortest parade I've ever been to, but I hope you had fun. <laughs> um, you know, before we say goodbye tonight, I just have I have one sort of quick thesis to run by you all. I I'm the one that proposed this theme, and yet I found myself challenged thinking about great examples of romantic comedies with fall as a main character and this sent me down a rabbit hole and i really started to spiral because i started to realize that it's the romantic drama not the romantic comedy that often gets to shine and fall mm. and i suddenly started to experience symptoms of ptsd when i remembered two horrible <laughs> examples of romantic <laughs> drama that are on pretty much every list of like movies you have to rewatch and i simply think it's because they stole the best titles possible for a fall romance and those two movies are autumn in new york and sweet november <laughs> now if you are fortunate enough to forget these films exist let me jog your memory autumn in new york was a 2000 romantic drama that starred richard gear and winona ryder and this film followed Gear as a successful middle-aged restaurateur who was a womanizer that happens to fall in love with a sweet, very much younger woman who happens to be terminally ill. <laughs> okay. Okay, a May-December romance where the young girl is dying. Cool, cool, cool. Now, Sweet November, which came out a few months later in 2001, was a film that took place in San Francisco and starred Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron. And it was based on the 1968 film by the same name. And <laughs> it, too, was about a sort of womanizer that falls in love with a terminally ill woman. <laughs> and the whole reason it's called Sweet November is because they agree to, like, one month of no strings attached and then, uh-oh, they fall in love. Now, I I kind of I, I told Caitlin I was calling dibs on these movies, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to say about them. And I, I put this in the pot and i've been letting it stew i was like besides the fact that i i wish we had better fall and autumn representation in the romantic <laughs> genre like what else did i want to say and i realized that these two films strike upon a bizarre like recurring theme in cinema history which is the twin film and sure. it is something that has happened. I, I don't see it happening as much now, but I feel like in the 90s and 2000s, it was happening a lot. We were getting studios releasing movies like Armageddon and Deep Impact in 1998. We were getting Babe and Gordy in 1995. We were getting movies like Chasing Liberty and First Daughter in 2004. It was a real vibe and energy. And, you know, I... Is it because studios were getting wind of certain trends and trying to beat each other to the punch? That's possible. Was it because, you know, there's a, there were some rumors I saw on Reddit that were like, oh, studios do this when they have projects that they want to greenlit, but they don't want to spend much money on advertising. So if they release around the same <laughs> time, they help each other, like, <laughs> whatever, funny. which I think is like the funniest thing in the entire world. But I just think it's such a wildly interesting trend i mean we had in 95 and 96 we had striptease and showgirls like it the list goes on and on but the fact that in <laughs> the 2000 2001 bubble the twin movie was yeah we got to get a film about a hot young dying woman out there real quick to cure these womanizing successful workaholics <laughs> It's just such a strange one to need to do more than once. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I just, I think I'm still just really mad years later. I don't know if I've seen either of these films in like 
20 something years. But the fact that I saw them at all and the fact that they're out there and the fact that because of their titles, they keep getting put on these listicles, it just honestly, it enrages me. And I just, mm. I guess this is sort of my call to action. I'm yes. asking everyone to help us change the narrative. We need to, we need better autumn romances. I think that's what I'm saying. I think that's ultimately my thesis today. Their thoughts, reactions, I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's valid. I will say, I feel like that doesn't happen with movies as much anymore because yeah. it happens with TV shows. Ooh. Because like right now we have Girls 5 Eva and then we have Queens, mm-hmm. right. um, which is kind of like, Queens is like the dramatic version of Girls 5 Eva. And then there was like Power and Empire at the same time. And I think that happens a lot more with, because there's so much more TV now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think we get more dueling television shows or trying to follow market trends in television instead. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But I, I obviously know exactly what you are talking about. And <laughs> I would agree. And I would also like some more fall romance movies. Yeah. There's something, having not seen these, and I won't, um, yeah, I will boldly don't. state what happens in them, which is that like, there's something, again, this is the kind of movie I'm talking about that feels Oscar Beatty, where they're like, mm-hmm. we've got Keanu and we've got Charlize, they, you know, they're giving these performances, they got one month, it's going to be amazing. And then people are like, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. What is that thing? Like, <laughs> where someone has to die to make a point? Did these characters, spo- spo- spoiler zone, spoiler zone, do these characters die? Um, I truly, I'm trying to remember, like, I... I don't know if they both do or not. I'm trying to remember. Uh, it seems, okay, it seems quite implied that Charlize dies in Sweet November. I'm like 99.9% sure Charlize dies. I remember a big part, again, I refuse to rewatch these movies because I hated them so much <laughs> the first time. But I remember a big part of Autumn in New York was there was this like, but there could be this like miracle cure. But I don't remember if she gets the miracle cure or not. I think she does. She does. She does. I remember now. She does go to the operating room and they can't save her. That's what it is. They they can't save her. Mm. The whole movie, though, you kind of are led to believe that, like, he's going to talk her into, like, going for the surgery or whatever. And he does. But then she dies anyway. See, this um, is I really yeah. hate this because I'm finding this upsetting to talk about, even though I think these movies are probably both garbage and I don't yeah, want to see them. But they've mm-hmm. managed to upset me from afar. Yeah. And that's melodrama for you. And how dare. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. How dare. Um, but that thing you said about like somebody has to die to make a point reminds me of that movie people always make fun of. Like, mm-hmm. what's it called? Rem- is it like Remember Me with Edward? Edward Pattinson, Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah, the, the Robert Pattinson 9-11 movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. I can't believe I just called him Edward Pattinson. Edward Pattinson, that's his name. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that reminds me of that, where it's like there's no reason for this to be like a 9-11 movie, but then it is at the very end, and you're kind of like, what? Yeah. A movie I have not seen, but it, those examples remind me of that. I do also, I think one of the other reasons that Autumn in New York just like lives rent free in my brain is that it caused, I remember at the time it getting a lot of press because it had been directed by um, Joan Chen and MGM, the distributor, re-edited the film. Like they took it out Mm. of the director's hands. And one of the big things that happened was there had been a a nude scene with Winona Ryder and the studio edited that out and i remember that being like a big deal at the time and i remember like it got panned by critics but it was a huge success i think it grossed like 90 million dollars oh my god in winona unfortunately like i was part of that 90 million because i was (laughs) always a hardcore winona stan Mm -hmm. and so even though i was like was in like eighth grade i think when this movie came out but i was sure there opening weekend very confused as to why elaine stritch had agreed to be in this film (laughs) (laughs) well it's a very odd looking at the wikipedia Mm -hmm. it's the only english film the director ever directed yeah what a strange one to get in there but it makes me want to see the director's un. i want to see the director's cut i want to see the director's cut of this of this film and I pr- I have to assume it's better. Well, Anthony LaPaglia is in this. Yeah. 
I am also interested in Joan Chen because I she was in, I think, as an actress, Twin Peaks. Oh. Yeah, she's she's an actress in like uh, a few things, yeah. Yeah. That are recognizable. But I remember her specifically from Twin Peaks because I'm always looking for a connection to Twin Peaks. <laughs> but I think that's I don't know. I'm just fascinated. The May December of it all and <laughs> and God bless everyone on their journey, but like Looking that it's supposed to be not just that Winona is young, but in fact twenty two, yeah, is so goofball. To and me. he's forty eight, forty eight and twenty two. It's aggressive. It's, I kind of assumed she was going to be like twenty nine, and that makes it totally different to me. And that's just I'm bringing my own stuff to this, but yeah. it's just to me if someone says they're dating a twenty two year old, and even if they are twenty two, I'm like, what? Well, and <laughs> one of the craziest parts of this movie is that Elaine Stritch character is his friend like her grandmother <laughs> is his friend like they get introduced <laughs> by her grandmother he notices her at a restaurant they're out celebrating her birthday and <laughs> like that is it's absolute chaos. this is 30 rock this is full parody it's like <laughs> elaine church was playing 48 they're like well that's what a 48 year old looks like and uh <laughs> absolutely insane like it's just like funny to me because all these movies it was definitely like obviously directed by a woman it was written by a woman but it's like it's like of course a 48 year old man wants to to, like fuck a 22 year old and then she dies oh my god and i forgot the craziest part i forgot the absolute most insane part of this it just came back to me the reason he knows her grandmother is because he had dated her mom but her mom (laughs) is dead i hate that richard gear dated Winona Ryder's mother before she died in a car crash. So I think you're supposed to sort of believe that the real reason he's a womanizer was that he never got over his love of her mom. Oh, I completely forgot that part. I completely it just came back to me. I almost never use this word, but that's yucky. <laughs> that is yucky. <laughs> so I, I I hope that you all are um excited uh to know that this film is out there just God. completely unhinged and you know honestly I probably just it was enough to just bring up autumn in New York because there's so much to unpack there but we ha- I would be but, remiss if I didn't also mention sweet November no because you're right which apparently takes place in San Francisco well and, that- I, and I remember at the time, uh, rolling my eyes after seeing Sweet November and going, and I remember very distinctly looking at my mom and being like, "Ugh, we had to have a New York and, and we had to have an East Coast and West Coast version of this." Like <laughs> that's how I felt. We even need though, every region, every region of the U.S. must speak up. Even though it was not a May December thing, and Keanu was not uh, the former lover of <laughs> her mother, um, we don't know. Well, at least it was spoken revealed. to. Yes. <laughs> oh my god but yeah um the the weird thing about sweet november was that they had keanu's character who was a womanizer meets charlise's character sarah and she like insults him and like she tries to like entice him into having like a friends with benefit thing or whatever but he's like no i have a girlfriend but then he like loses his job or something and that's what makes him want to go say yes to her crazy idea of like let's have one month and he just dedicates himself to doing nothing but like having this affair for a month not knowing that she's gonna die <sighs> i don't know it's wild the, the 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 early aughts were full of crazy that's what i have to say i would agree with that i will also say i think this is somewhat relevant all of these i've been thinking about this lately all age gap like big age gap mm-hmm. things are, are just kind of gross to me except for on friends Richard and Monica, which mm. should be disgusting. Like he's known her since she was a little kid. Like he's best friends with her dad. And yet I like love it. I don't know why. Maybe this is the thing I need to think about yeah. and work on. No, it never but, felt yeah. that weird to me. Mm-hmm. Wait, can I just also, before we say goodbye, can I read you the taglines that they use to promote both Sweet November and Autumn if and you dare. So this is Sweet November's. She just needed a month to change his life forever. Oh, my God. That's Sweet November. And then this was the autumn in New York. He fell in love for the first time. She fell in love forever. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. I feel like this is, yeah. I'm full of rage right now. (laughs) Why did I I do this this to us? I feel like this is like proto-Manic Pixie Dream Girls. Yes, drama. Where it was like before 
that it was like before she just was like maybe too much of a free spirit to settle down. So mm-hmm. she seems like kind of a bitch. It's like she has to die. Like you said, Caitlin, to prove a point. So in summation, uh, before we say goodbye, any final thoughts about romance and fall? Uh, any, any advice for folks looking for more romance in their falls or any movies that we didn't touch on that you were hoping we would? Last, last thought. Not a fall movie, but I will say, or, you know, maybe fall movie, depending on if you feel like it has fall vibes. But I feel like people always ask me rom-coms mm-hmm. like they haven't, they maybe haven't seen. And I always say broadcast news, which <gasps> yeah. I feel like could maybe lean into fall a little bit. Yeah. And Walking and Talking, which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite movies. Also, Joan Cusack is in it very briefly, but she is. And Kissing Jessica Stein is another movie I love. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are looking... For some rom-coms you maybe haven't seen, um, I guess those those would be my recommendations. And then also, I, I do like Defending Your Life, if you can handle that much, Albert Brooks. I love it. Of course. Yeah, I of course. absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, well, this was such an absolute delight. For ev- all Thank of you our, so much. For all of our listeners who have fallen into stand with you, where can they get more of you? I am at Twitter, at, under, at underscore Lanabelle. And I am on Instagram as at character actress Lana Schwartz. <laughs> I love it so much. Love uh, it. Well, Stan Stans, you know, we're at We Stand Social. We're on all the platforms. Slide into our DMs. Let us know what's on your mind. What topics would you like us to get into? Uh, no, are we going too hard into my love of Harry Styles or not hard enough? Let us know. And you know what? Do yourself a favor. It's the fall. Cozy up with a hot drink and a blanket to write a five-star review because what do you have to lose (laughs) nothing we'll get you later stan stans bye Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a Storyglass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts.